Welcome to our community. This is Saratova Desi, a learning Parsha Shlach. And we talked about, we asked the question, can the miraculous way work? And really when it comes to our personal lives, every moment we are, so to speak, in the desert, facing and in the midst of a journey into the land of Israel. Every single moment. We just came from a place of slavery. We came from a place where that is goodbye and good riddance. And we are, in general, wandering through the desert of the nations. We're, we're wandering through kind of this uninhabited territory, especially in our days, when nobody knows. It's a wild, crazy trip that's going on in the world, and nobody really knows what to think or where this whole thing is going to go. And where are we on to? Mashiach time, the land of Israel, the promised land. So here we are in the desert, every moment, going to the promised land. Okay. In this journey, and that could mean on a daily basis, I have my goal, so I'm going through this desert, excuse me, desert-like situation to my promised land, my goal for the day, my goal for the week, for the month, for the year, for my life, for eternity. There are two ways to do it. Do I do it my Meshavane's way, Moses' way, or do I do it Joshua's way? And we want to see what the two different ways are. In other words, I'm going towards my goal. I'm going towards my promised land. So which way am I going to do it? What are the differences between the two? In the time of Maishu Benu, Hashem did not command that you send spies. This was not a command from above. The reason, the main reason to send spies, did, uh, which, when the people asked for spies, as we said yesterday, when the people asked to send spies to spy out the land, that was not necessary in the time of Moses, in the time of Meshavim. It was not necessary because we weren't going to be doing the fighting. We weren't, you know, uh, if you're the contractor and you go and buy all the paint, there's no point in me comparing prices on paint because you're doing all the, you're doing all the work. But there's no point in us sending spies when Hashem said, no, 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 I'm, I'm taking care of this one. It's on me. I'm going to get you into the land. I'm fighting the war. I'm fighting. I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of the whole thing. It's absolutely insane. It's ridiculous for you to send, send spies. So why did Meishermanus send spies? Because, well, we came along and said we want. Our desire was to send the spies to spy out the land. And Meishermanus agreed to this because... He had a, a hope that um, oh, he had a hope. This is a very, this is a well-known thought. He hoped if he said, okay, fine, that everybody would think about it and, and now their burning desire would be satisfied. And they would say, you know what, forget it. So that's one opinion about why Meisher Benu agreed. Um so Moshe Benu saw, uh-oh, nobody's doing shuva here. Nobody's saying, oh, good, you agree that we can send spies? Okay, you know, maybe we don't need it. That wasn't happening. So therefore, and, Hashem, and so Moshe Benu asked Hashem, mm, what should I do? And Hashem said, up to you, shlach lecha, ledaitacha. Use your das. Use your internal compass. Use your deep knowledge of what I have been inculcating in you for all of these years to understand what what the right way is 
go deeply inside and rely on that. If you want, send. Meaning, Hashem said, from my point of view, there is no reason to send miraglim. Even not to see the goodness of the land. Hashem is saying, I am certainly not going to tell you you must send spies. If you feel that you should send spies, if you feel that you should send men, do. You're not going to hear from me, Hashem is saying. God is saying, you're not going to hear from me that there's a need to do it. Because spies, the spy out the land, but I'm doing the work. I'm doing the fighting. So that one's taken care of. Nobody's going to be fighting a war. Nobody needs to know military strategy. So that would be ridiculous. And even to send men to, to see the goodness of the land. But what part have I told you that it's a good land? Did you not hear? Is, that's what Hashem is saying. Is asking, what part of I told you that it's a good land? Did you not hear? I said to you, No, let's go up from the poverty, from the slavery and the poverty of Mitzrayim. So, so God is saying, I don't see why they need to go. I'm certainly not going to... You're not going to get me to tell you that you need to send these men. Not even to, to see the goodness of the land. You don't what? You don't believe that it's good? I told you it's good. What? You need... Uh, I need my PhD for you to believe me. I have good credentials. I'm God. I'm telling you it's good. You think it's not going to be good? If I'm telling you it's good, it's good. So, after all of this, and and... Maishur Benu understanding. Hashem is not saying, oh yeah, absolutely, you should send men. What does Maishur Benu do? He sends men. His das was that he should send them to see the goodness of the land. Because when they will see the land, he felt their need to hear the good things of the land from their representatives, from their guys, so to speak. It wasn't enough from there for them, for the B'nai Yisrael to hear from God, from Hashem. It wouldn't be enough. They needed to hear from their own people, people that relate to them on a more um, grassroots level. That's what Rashi Benu understood. They really needed to hear this. And therefore, it said, Shlach Nashim, send men, not Send men, not spies, and to do what? To tour the land. This land that I, I'm giving you. Each, each one, one, per, one man per tribe, per shavit. That's what it says. Twelve. Twelve tribes, twelve men. Because they were being sent by Meshur to hear all of this amazing things about the land so that to whet our appetite. So that when we, it's time to go in, we will be very excited about going. So why do you need to send 12 people? Send one. And he comes back and he says, wow, it was amazing. And then everybody says, well, didn't you hear from God that it's amazing? Okay, but I saw it with my own eyes. Fine. Why do you have to send 12 people? One second. Because every shade is different. If you're from Zvulun, you're into you. You do business. If you do business, you want to know that you're that you want to hear about the land that it has a lot of accessibility to the to the, the sea, to the waterways, because you need to send your ships out 
you know, you need you need a good transportation system. You don't want to hear that the whole land, there's no water around the land. It's mostly inland. No, you don't want to hear that. You want to know that this place that you're going to is excellent for your business transactions because you're from Shevet's Boom. Now, if you're from Shevet's Yustachar, you want to hear about all the, the quiet places where there's such beautiful solitude and you can sit in the middle of a forest or some beautiful place, no noise around, no distractions, because you want to sit and learn all day. So if just one person goes, one representative goes, he's going to come back and give me news that maybe isn't going to fit what I need. And all 12 tribes had 12 very different needs. And the head of each tribe knew what his tribe needed to hear. So when those 12 went, they each were on the lookout for good news, for good news about that their tribe would find exciting. So you needed 12 different men to be sent. They had to see with their own eyes. Um, and then they would get the news that they wanted. Yusaka would hear what he needed to hear. Zulin would hear what he needed to hear. Everybody would. So, and the reason that they went, okay, so now we know there, why there had to be 12 different representatives, 12 different spies, with 12 different men going to tour the land. And they went throughout the entire width and the breadth and the length and every single inch of the land. And it took them 40 days. They didn't go in a way that every one of them will, they didn't say, okay, guys, okay, we came to the border. All right, let's divide up. You go there, you go there, you go there, you go there. Like in the days of the Friedrich Rebbe, when the Friedrich Rebbe said, we're going to divide up Russia and among all ten of us. And we're, you take this part, you take this part, and we're going to make sure that there's total learning going on, even though it's completely illegal. We're going to divide up the whole place. No, that wasn't, that was, that was by the, the, the Kriya de Kreba. Here, in the time of Maishar Benu, they were told, no, 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 don't divvy up, don't divide up the land, you go here and you go there. Go together. Everybody go to the whole land. Everybody sees everybody else's portion. You don't go to just your place. Why is that? Because the sending of these ten Nisim, these ten heads, these ten leaders, is in order that every leader, every Nazi, should be able to testify to his Sheva, to his, his tribe, that he saw with his own eyes the good parts that his tribe would want to hear. But as long as if um, the land wasn't divided um, by the 12 Shvatim, you wouldn't know where your place is, where your particular place is. Um, it was divided up by a gyro. Okay. So all of the 12 Messiahs, first of all, you didn't really know. We had to go through the whole land. Imagine, where are the 12 Shvatim? Where are the 12 leaders of the Shvatim? Here we come. We come to the land of Israel. And we don't say, you go here, you go there. First of all, I did not know which, my por- which portion of the land mine was. Neither did you. So we couldn't divide it up. Because that only was told to us later on once we were in the land. Ach, the gyro, the division of the land was through the gyro. 
So, so all of the 12 Nisim had to tour the land, and this way they would know, they would see a part and say, oh, I hope our portion is over here. I certainly hope that our portion is here, because this is amazing. This is a really exciting thing. So now, now we know why 12 people had to go. You needed to hear from your representative what you needed, what you wanted to hear. Otherwise, if you, if you want a quiet place and you hear that it's a very active place, you're not going to want to go. And if you're from the, the tribe that needs an active place and you hear that it's very quiet, you're not going to want to go. And everybody needed to want to go because that's the way it is. When, when we think about us and our personal vision with our personal um, our, our connection to our promised land, you want to know where you you want to feel a connection that's in a way of, of, of Russian, that's in a way of um, desire. You want to feel like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I want to go to that place. I'm saying in our generation, we're no longer we're no longer in the days when um, you, you do things because you have to do. Nobody does it anymore. Nobody's interested in doing it because you have to do it. Everybody wants to want. And therefore, and this is not such a newfangled thing, but in a sense it already started a very long time ago, in the time of Meisherbeno and even maybe before. In order to really be excited about it, you need to add the element of what you want. It's interesting because... In our generation, let's say you take the older, the older generation and the newer generation, the older generation will often feel, you know, in our day, nobody, sorry, in our day, nobody asked what you wanted. This is what it is. I mean, what you want. This is what it is. And yet, we see already in deeply steeped, deeply steeped in the whole process of Tyra, what you want is crucial. Because if you don't get what you want, again, want means, we don't just mean a frivolous want. Wanting on the deepest level of your nishama, if you don't want it, you're not going to be that engaged in, um, in going for it. You'll do it, but without great enthusiasm. You know, and that's where, let's say, you know, we struggle, we struggle with our education system now because you know, okay, so who wants to learn Gamara for 10 hours a day? Like, uh, well, uh, I, I, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> what would he mean? In fact, I'll tell you the truth. I, I've read, um, sometimes you, I've read that there used to be an approach that when it comes to learning, the Bachram, the young men, when they come to something, this is a Torah true approach. When they start enjoying something that they're learning, they're, they're told to stop and um, then to switch to something that they don't like. Now, of course, we think that that is about as crazy as Looney Tunes. What do you mean? You get excited about, about something, and then you're told, well, if you like it, then don't do it. Then learn the things that you don't like. In this generation, are you joking? When I, when I read it, I read stories about Bachram, young men who were told, oh, you like learning this? Okay. You like learning this? Good, so stop. Learn something else. 
it clearly was a time-honored system that absolutely worked. Isn't this fun with the saw, wherever you go, they don't want you to lean. It clearly was a time-honored system that if you like it and you have a desire for it, that's not real Torah learning. There, it, it, was a, it was an approach in Torah that really worked. It does not work in this generation. So when we are going towards our personal promised land, our goals, we need to have the element of desire and pleasure that's inserted into it. We cannot do things only by Kabbalah soul unless you get enormous pleasure out of Kabbalah soul. But in general, in general, it's not because we're so spoiled, spoiled Americans that we do things because we want, but this is a Torah approach. So that's why Meisher Bain said, I'm going to send the kind of people who will come back and give the kind of news that the people want to hear so that everybody will want to go. So we want to take that really, really strongly as, you know, I'm not so bad if I do things that I want to do. Again, assuming that it's a, a good thing to do, according to Torah, between two choices. I can do this good thing or I can do the other good thing. Which one should I choose? The one that I don't want or the one that I do want? Choose the one that you do want. You'll do it in a, it'll, it, it will be, it, you'll do it in a completely different way. When you are entering your promised land, this is your whole mission. It's the whole purpose of all creation. Do it. Don't do the untasty thing. Do the tastier thing if it's a good thing to do. So, therefore, the shlichus, therefore, when they went, when these 12 men went, they did it with a lot of fanfare. They did it with a lot of um, um, Pearson. You know, everybody knew that they were going. They did not hide themselves whatsoever. Um, both, we knew, the, the Jewish people knew, the Bnei Trolls knew they were going, knew they came back. They did not try to hide themselves in any way. Because the whole kavana is go, we know you're going, and come back and tell us what we, you know, tell us the good stuff. We didn't know that, but that's what my children knew. So it all has to be with a lot of, you know, music and fanfare and dancing, a whole thing, a whole song and dance. Make it, you know, a whole party. It wasn't only a whole party for us, for the Bnei Yisrael. The Canaanim who were sitting in the land of Canaan, they also, there was a lot of, we were not hidden when we, when they saw us either. Why not? Isn't it better that they didn't see us? I mean, they're going to conquer their land. They shouldn't be seeing us. Um, in addition to this, we did not, these 12 men, remember we're assuming we're the 12 men, did not try to hide themselves. Um, because because we didn't go to spy out the land. So why should we hide ourselves? You know, I'm a tourist coming from Brazil to tour New York. Why should I hide myself? Other others. You know, if I'm wearing a camera today, who has a camera? It's all on their phone. But if I'm wearing a camera around, you know, on a string, then you know I'm a tourist. Why should I be embarrassed? Why should I have to hide myself as a tourist? Being a tourist is a good thing. So, 
the 12 representatives did, did not feel like, oh, we better hide ourselves. They won't want us there. Why? What's wrong with touring their land? Why not? We're going to fulfill the we're going to do a good thing to fulfill that seeing the land in fullest, that everybody should see it. So it's like when Hashem conquers a, a land, it's not the natural way. So the shlichus and the, of the Muradlin was not the natural way. Without, they were not afraid since it wasn't a natural way. Number one, it was going to be in a way of, 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 of joy. And number two, we had, we were not afraid of any danger. Now, the interesting thing, we weren't afraid of any danger. What do you mean? We're not coming to spy their land. If you're coming to spy somebody's land, then maybe you're in danger. We're not coming to spy their land. We're coming to see how great your place is. Doesn't mean anything. And this is not a natural cause. You know, there, there's no danger here. So interesting that Hashem said, yeah, but better hide you guys. And so everybody of all the Canaan were busy um, with other stuff, and they did not see this group of Miraglim at all. So this is one way that we approach our personal promised land, that choose the thing, if it's two equally good choices, choose the one that you want. You'll be complete, you'll be invested in it in an entirely different way. Then if you're just doing it because you know you should and you say and all of that. Now, then let's look at Yahshua. Now 40 years later. 40 years later, right? 40 years means after going through this step-by-step journey in the desert, now everything is very different. And we could see in ourselves, too. I have my, you know, my journey to my promised land. There's one way, you know, right from the get-go. And then there's another way when I've gone through the whole step-by-step, I'm not going to say tedious, but step-by-step process of really becoming a vessel for this. Very methodical process, a 40-year process of being ready for this. Now we come to a whole new way of approaching my personal promised land. Because when Yeshua sent them, he was not sending them, as we said, to see the good of the land, because that was already done. He was sent, he sent them the way they do it in the world. To spy out the land. And that was going to be in a natural way. And it was only two. And it wasn't twelve. And they were plain people. They were not the leaders of the, of the tribe. So first of all, why only two? Why didn't you need the leaders of the tribe? Of the tribe. Wait a minute. Because the leaders of the tribe were sent by Meisher Bainu so that each one would know what his tribe wanted to hear. So now they heard what they wanted to hear. Everybody, the information was done. Everybody knew. Every tribe knew if he cared. I mean, they didn't care at that point. If he cared... He had all the information he needed. The, you know, the Google Doc was completed. You could just, you don't have to do it again. Just go on Google. It says, how is my portion of the land of Israel? Oh, and there's a whole write-up with a video and a, you know, and a whole thing there. 
it was done. So I don't need, we don't need 12 men to go. It was done. So now you can just send two. And also, now they're not going to tour the land, come back with good news. Now they're actually going to spy the land. Um, um, and actually, once you're going to spy out the land, then you need just two. You know, you don't want anybody to know because they shouldn't be seen. That was a whole different thing. And also, you don't want these, you don't need these big heads, heads of state, these big, big, big guys. You need two kind of plain people. And you need miraculous, you need spies. You know, you need people who are smart, who know how to go there and not be seen. It's a totally different way. Both, nobody knew among the Benedictine soul. Nobody knew who was being sent. Nobody knew that they were being sent. Nobody knew that they came back, when they came back, that it even happened. And nobody in Eretz Canaan, the land of Canaan, knew that these two fellows, these two people came. It was all very quiet. Um, the only ones who knew, you know, were the people in the army, in Israel, etc. The head heads, whoever had to know. It was a very hush-hush thing. And when, and not only that, when these two spies at the time of Yeshua came to the house of Rachel, then the word, her words were, they heard the words, and they said, What did they go for? They went to see, you know, how he used to get in. So they come to Rachav, and she says, Well, I'll tell you what. I know that God has given you the land, and the fear of the people here is on them. They are afraid of you. All the people, they're all afraid of you. And we're, we're, you know, our hearts are very afraid, etc. And no one's going to dare stand up to you, etc. Well, that's all we needed to know. How easy will it be to get in here, get into this land? We're coming on a journey to figure out all the secret ways to get in. Rachel says, you don't even need to figure out the secret ways to get in. You just show up. They're afraid of you. They will run. Great. Mission accomplished. Didn't have to do a whole long journey. We got everything we needed in five minutes. Very interesting. So, and the interesting thing is, um, and of course, and she told them the news, and then they had to hide themselves, and then um, she lowered them down, and they had to hide for three days outside of the city. And um, they came to Yeshua and said, Hashem gave into your hands, gave us the land. That's it. So, an amazing thing. And this is the second way to approach when I'm going to my, when I'm going step by step to my personal promised land. And how am I going to do it? I mean, it's step by step. It's very entrenched in all the laws of nature. And how am I going to get to my promised land? I'm in this desert. I'm saying when I'm doing it the Yahashua way. I'm in this personal desert where everything is chaotic. It's crazy. Like the streets of in the United States these days. And I'm trying to get to my personal promised land, or we're trying to get to Gaula. And it's a step-by-step process, and it feels like we'll never get there. Oh, my goodness. Is there any miraculous peace? Yep. What's a miraculous peace? Wait and see. Even though it's a 40-year process, and even though all these things, when you get there, 
It's going to be this miracle. Everything that you need will somehow come to you anyway, even though we did it the natural way. When you show up, it will be there. Again, we got there. We got to the land of Canaan. We met Rachel. He told us everything we needed to know. We had the whole thing in a couple of hours. It was done. That's it. So these are two different ways. Either way, when I approach my personal, when I'm in the midst of a chaos and I'm approaching my personal promised land, either it's the miraculous way or the natural way, which includes so many miracles, either way, it's always going to be fraught with, full of miracles, which is incredible. So now we understand Tarshish Muraglin. It says about the Myla of, of the Muraglin. Who were they? They were the heads. They were the cream of the crop. They were on a very, very high level. And, and, um, and also the whole idea that they actually wanted to stay in the desert and, you know, learn Torah, etc. So we're, here's the question. We're looking at the Myla of these Muraglins. How can it be that something negative, these are the heads of states, the heads of the tribes, the cream of the crop. How can something negative come out of sending them? The whole thing sounds so good. How can something negative come out of something that's so good? So we understand that for Pyle Mamish, um, it was a good thing to send them because when they came back, what did they say? They came back and said the good news. They said, we went to the land where you sent us and the land of milk and honey, which we said yesterday. And therefore, everybody got to hear the good news. Mission accomplished. Measure being said, go and bring back good news. And they did. And when we heard it, before we heard the rest of the sentence, we were all pumped up, as they say. Let's go. Yay. We just we got pumped down, as they would say, or something, within seconds. But we needed, we heard what we needed to hear. And that went deeply enough. And there would come a moment in time, maybe 40 years later, when although it was, we had heard it and it kind of went in subconsciously and um, we didn't do much with it, but when it was time, it came out. It came out. So on a deeper level, according to the cleanness of things, when we were sent to tour of the land, we achieved something very, very great. Not only after a certain amount of time, but at that very moment, Isa Shah, as soon as they went, they began to conquer the land. So we want to keep this principle in mind. It's a really powerful thing. Sometimes we feel like, well, I had a mission. I had something I had to accomplish. I failed. I didn't do it. You see any results from it? In our day, the results that we will, everything, what is it? There's no pu'ula that doesn't come back, that comes back empty. Every pu'ula that we do produces results. We have to get used to seeing results in places that we weren't looking. It's really important. Because the whole idea of conquering and, and entering the land, and especially preceded by sending these men, what is it all about? It's called Bureau Hatachtan, purifying the lowest world, making the vessel of the world Ready for the highest light of Torah. And this needs to be, to purify the vessel, 
You need joy. You need joy. This is emphasized in the idea of going into the land, the simcha uvachapetzgadah. As a result of sending sending these men, it would cause us to go into the land, the simcha uvachapetzgadah. And we did. The Because, and this is a huge point, our desire to go into the land, and listen carefully because this applies to us personally, we're going to see in a second half. Our desire to go into the land and our going to the land could not just be mitzad amuna in Hashem. Hashem said, I told you it was a good land. Okay, so I trust Hashem. I have amuna in Betachan and therefore I'm going. Not good enough. Can you believe it? Not good enough. Because that that is still from above. Hashem said it, and he said, you don't trust me? No, no, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. No, 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 I do. I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. Hashem said it's a good land. Maishar Bain said, you guys need to see it and desire and feel it yourselves. It needs to be from above. From above, we got the notification. It is a good land, and it's yours. That's it. Whatever Hashem wants is good. I don't need to question it. That's great. But then what you have is, and look out on this, look at the streets today with all the insanity in America today. We keep saying again and again, we had a beautiful, quiet world, quarantine, I mean, just for the people who weren't happy, but a world that was getting better and better, and the people on all those shirim about how we're going to come out into a beautiful new world order, probably all those people erased all those shirim because it sounds so funny now. Where's the beautiful new world order? Okay, we know it's really speaking to this. Don't worry. They did not say that in vain. All the speakers didn't say when we were in quarantine, um, we're coming out to a new world order that's going to be better than ever, and then, oops, they made a mistake. They did not make a mistake. We heard it. We, 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 we took it into ourselves. You'll see. Now we go through the kind of step-by-step process of the vessel needing, wanting, to make itself ready for this new life that happened at the moment of Matan Torah a couple of weeks ago. When Torah Hadasha, a whole new, deeper level of Torah, came into the world. And the vessel has to want, the vessel has to want the, that light. Hashem sent a light down into the world in Shavuot, that's Matan Torah. It looks like the world was saying, nice, very nice light. We've got other stuff going on. Or else the world says we also relate to it in our own way. We want justice and truth and whatever. There's some, there's a need for the vessel of the world to get it on its own too. There's a need for the world to desire. It's not enough for us that we all walk around with seven mitzvahs cards and we teach people seven mitzvahs and they're like, nice, oh, thank you. Yes, I'm the UPS person who gave me this card. It's very nice, thank you. There's a need for it to come from within the world that the world should crave, not just because we were told we should tell the whole world about the seven mitzvahs, but there's a need for the world to crave it, desire it on our own. And so, the same thing. When we are approaching our personal promised land, we want to check, where is there the resistance? Where is the part in which I'm walking it because, I, you know, I'm doing it because I was told to do it? 
I'll do it, but I'm not going to be deeply invested in it. The vessel from below has to also want it and also believe it. So there are two ways of sending the Rajan, and they both are sending spies to spy out, or men, or sending these energies to spy out. I have a vision. I have my personal promised land. I have what I want to be in life, where I want to get to in life. So I need to send these entities, these spies, to for one of two reasons, either to see how great my vision is and come back and re-inspire me, or to do it the natural way, piece by piece by piece, in a more natural way. So there are two ways. There's the 12 people way, or there's the, or there's the two people way. Which one? So why would you need 12, as we said? Because everybody, everybody's going to know what his, his shape wants. We said that. Um, okay. Um, and then why would what um, okay so after this little break we're coming back to our, our question so here we were we, here we were we went as 12, 12 tribes 12 representatives and then 40 years later we went as two representatives and in our personal lives it's the same thing we have two ways of approaching our promised land. We have two ways of approaching, this is where I want to go in my life. This is what I want. This is my ultimate goal. This is what makes me feel like, wow, I have something I want to achieve in life. And, and how, how do I go about it? Do I go in a 12-way or do I go in a two-way? What does that mean? When I go, when I approach it in a 12-way, I'm really taking into account that I have a lot of complex needs. I, 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 I want to express myself in a musical way, in an artistic way, and, and, and I want to be, and I, and I want to pay attention to, I need to be, take care of my health and, and to make sure I'm fulfilled. And I have a lot of complex needs, and especially in this generation, we have a lot of complex needs, and it's a good thing. And each of those needs really needs to be fulfilled. You know, once upon a time, it was either or. Once upon a time, we were told, well, listen, if you, um, you know, if you ever read these books that ask, what do you really want to do? You know, well, I, I worked in corporate America for 30 years, but I was never really happy. Okay, so let's figure out, I'll be your coach, and I'm the career coach, and I help you figure out what you really, really want. So it turns out, wow, I never knew. I really want to own a piece of property in, um, in the, in, in, uh, Washington State or in British Columbia, let's, let's be Canadian about this. I want to own a little on Victoria Island in British Columbia. I want to own that piece of property and I want to live in this little farm and I want to just think about the meaning of life and study deep, you know, deep Kabbalistic concepts. So I never knew that. So how now, but then I won't have any money, you know, if I leave corporate America or corporate Canada, I, I, I want, I won't have any money, right? So if you look, there's this big building in Ottawa. It's called MapleSoft. And they don't have Microsoft. They have MapleSoft. You know, we have the Maple Leaf. We have MapleSoft. So um, so how do you put these two things together? You know, on the one hand, I have a need to make money. 
and support myself. On the other hand, I have a need to just live on Victoria Island and think about deep Kabbalistic concepts and, and deep, deep meditation. So which one do I do? So once upon a time, it was either this or that. In our day, you can have both. You can have both. When I approach my personal promise land, in our day, you can have both. And so, you know, there are all these books that talk about how you can honor all of your varied needs, which we're going to say that's embodied by the 12 tribes all going. Each one has a different need. Each head of each tribe is is relating to a different need and of his tribe, and they're all important. And they're all going to be satisfied. And it needs to be done in this generation. You can't say, you know, I spent my whole life, I was responsible, and I... <clears throat> I worked in corporate America. I didn't really like my life, but I was able to support myself and support my family and all of that. And, you know, it's good enough. It's not good enough anymore. Then you would have these 45-year-old guys who would suddenly, God forbid, in the, in the 70s, I remember, just get up and walk away from their families and say, I feel like I did what I had to do, and now I'm going to take care of myself. And it was really messy. And they would just walk out on their families. It was really messy because they didn't have an integration between all of their varied Means like the 12 tribes, 12 different abaitas, 12 different missions in the land of Israel, 12 different needs and good needs. They didn't have that integration between that and, um, you know, what do I, what do I want to do and what do I need to do, etc. So that, that well, you could say the 12 is all my very different needs. I need to be musical. I need to be poetic. I need to support my family. I need to this and all of that stuff. So that's the 12 tribes, the two tribes, the two people, those, that's the 12 representatives who go into the land of Israel to, to tour it. And the two representatives who went into the land of Israel represent a totally different energy, an energy of Kabbalah soul. But wait a minute, but what am I here in this world? What am I needed for? Not just what I need, but what am I needed for? What am I needed for? Simple Kabbalah soul. What am I needed for? I needed to, you know, say and losase, do this and don't do that. It's a simpler energy of what am I needed for. Now, which way should I live? Just tell me what I'm needed for. Who cares what I want? Or just, who, you know, who cares what I'm needed for? I want to do what I want. Which one should I do? There, are, there is a place for both. There's a place for both when I'm looking at my personal promised land. There's a place for both ways. And that's why there's a place for me to really see, can I really give fulfillment to every, give expression to all my varied needs? I want to learn dance and I want to learn music and I want to support my family and I want all of these things. Can I give expression to that? Or is it just, you know, do what you're told to do and stop thinking about what you want? No. Or is it just... Stop thinking, you know, think about, think about what you needed to do and who cares what you want or who cares what you need to do and think about what you want. Both ways, you know, the 60s way and the 80s way and the 90s way and all this, both, it's not that and it's not that. It's a combination of both. Today it becomes possible that we can have, it's not, a, we can have when we tune into Hashem and our mission, Today, what's being made available is what we want and what we, we are 
what we are brought here to do, and they can all merge. It's not a simple thing to merge. The 12 tribes, the 12 representatives are going to fly out my promised land, and the two representatives. They can both merge. It's not a simple merging, but today it is becoming possible by experiencing, just like the 12 tribes all went together, there's this unity, and the two represents the simple unity. When I tune into a certain unity that allows me to experience my deepest, deepest desire, a deep godly place in myself, then what I want, what I need, can all have a, can all have a meeting point that's very powerful. And the impossible becomes possible. So we'll just end up with this when we're in the, in the, the week of Parsha Shlach. We're going to say that Parsha Shlach opens up a reality in which the impossible, what I need and what I want and what I'm here to do and what I want to do and all of that, the, in, which the union of that used to be impossible. And now it's becoming possible. By going to a deeper godly place where it all becomes possible. And the need to fulfill, to, 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 to do it with desire and appetite is extremely strong and it can come from a very godly holy place. So may we be infused in this week of shlach, shlach, go out and send out, send out these men, send out of yourself. Send out feelers into the world and send feelers out in, deep into, in, in, into your deepest self to find where those things can converge, can merge. And we will find that place. And that is the place, because that is the place of Gaula and it's being made available to us. It's not simple, but it's there. It's being made available to us every day more and more and more through deep connection to deep chassidus. And may we find ourselves in that merging place of Gaula immediately now and find ourselves in the basement of the Shishwishi right now.